The officially unofficial podcast for AMC's Mad Men. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're covering the premiere of season five. It's a two parter, episodes one and two, entitled A Little Kiss, parts one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't really have any news this week other than, yeah, there's a new season. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Pretty big news. Mad Men is back. Uh, and we have a two hour episode to cover, so we're going to get right into the recap. We have a two hour episode and a 750 milliliter bottle of canadian club whiskey up here with us we'll see which runs out first (laughs) we're living it like don (laughs) all right so by the way yeah if straight up whiskey is a little bit too much for you here in the mad men happy hour i have an alternative drink okay i'd like it's i call it the sterling cooper draper price all right it's half southern comfort half dr pepper Hmm. Uh, SCDP, baby. There you go. All right. Awesome. <laughs> I don't know what it will taste like, but, you know. Uh, I have a feeling Don would not approve. <laughs> um, I'm just saying, if the straight-up whiskey is too much for you. Sure, sure. Okay. Just, just Sterling Cooper Draper Price is there, there for your needs. <laughs> Definitely. All right. So the episode starts off with uh, childish, would you call them? Executives tossing water bombs out the window uh, onto... Bigoted, uh, <laughs> sure. ignorant, uh, all un- of the above. Entitled, yeah, yeah, because they're tossing uh, water bombs out onto the black protesters in the street, and not all of them black. There was some. Uh, I saw some. Cl- uh, at least one white clergyman. Oh, okay. Their solidarity. I what mean, were they? Well, it's certainly a civil rights okay. protest. That's what I thought. But it wasn't. I mean, there there were definitely uh, you know white folk on that side of the line too. All right, good. Uh, so they come upstairs to complain when they get hit with when one of their kids gets hit with a water bomb. Mm-hmm. Not cool. Uh, I kind of feel like this is supposed to establish the, the setting of the time here. You know, yep. we've got the, the equal rights movement happening. Um, I don't know. Obviously, I wasn't alive then, so I have no idea, like, exactly what year this is. But it's I obviously do. early 60s, right? 1966. 66. It's Memorial Day weekend in 1966. Okay. The last season uh, ended in the fall of 1965. Hmm. So... I thought this was. What do you think? Let's let's talk about that for a bit. What do you think All about right. that pick for um, time periods for a setting? Uh, well, I, mean, I like it in the way because sometimes Mad Men is flash forward a lot more. Sometimes mm-hmm. not as much. Well, when did last season end? What year? So I said in the fall of '65. So it's oh, flashed forward okay. about seven months. Uh, it's got to be about nine months right because the kid is born well but joan was pregnant how long couple, was she pregnant though at least two months right i mean that's when you start getting symptoms mm. and all that possibly and yeah. the kid's a newborn maybe maybe it was in september or something i just remember okay. someone said it was the fall maybe late summer but i thought it was a good time because we were it you know Joni had just given birth hadn't gone back to work yet mm-hmm. uh the drapers are married now mm-hmm. uh but you know, we, we kind of get in the honeymoon period of that. Uh, the firm is stable, but not out of the but woods. Just barely. I mean, yeah. no, I don't feel like a lot of interesting things. We've missed a lot of interesting things. And if they'd yeah. gone a year, you know, a year, another year, um, all that stuff, you know, Joni being reintegrated would have been not as interesting or we'd have missed that. And mm-hmm. we'd have missed how the firm 
it pulls itself out of this nosedive, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and actually, it appears that they haven't. We'll talk a little bit more about that later, right. but for now, yeah. And who wants to see Joan go through to pregnancy? I, I wouldn't want them to come back like, you know, her being nine months pregnant and oh yeah, and uh, all that. So Okay. Um, yeah, so that was interesting. Uh, the next scene is Sally waking up to music that I thought was her alarm clock at first, but... I wish my alarm was that gentle. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Mm-mm. It ended up just being music uh, in the scene there. Uh, she wakes up her dad, and he makes a family breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whose kids are these? Obviously one of them, two of them are Don's. Three of them, all three of them. All three of them? One yeah. of those is not, uh, what's her no, face? No, that was the last, Megan's? that was Jean, that he, she, Peggy was pregnant when they were still married. Hmm, okay. Uh, so yeah, I think all three of them are his. You got right. Bobby Jr., or little Bobby, mm. Bobby 4.0, uh, Sally Draper, and, uh, baby Jean. Okay. Uh, so then Don drops the kids off at Betty's house. And they have a little conversation about his birthday coming up. He says he'll be 40. Uh, he asks the kid how old you'll be when I'm 40, or when you're 40, how old I'll be. And he says, you'll probably be dead. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I tend to agree with the kid. The way he's smoking and drinking, you know, he's he's probably not going to last too long. Uh, but we did establish, because Bobby eventually gave the right answer, and mm-hmm. we know that he's 10 at this this point. Yeah. Um, let's go back and uh, talk a little bit about the previous scene. The breakfast. Yeah. How do you think... So Sally sees Megan laying in there naked, her naked backside. Mm-hmm. Did you see any kind of reaction? Because she kind of like peers into the bedroom and Don's like, yeah. this is the wrong door. Um, there was some kind of weird things with her last year. Do you think well, – what do you think is going through her head? Honestly, I never have any idea what's going through her head. Really? Because she's had such a weird upbringing. Yeah. That I, ha- I have no way to identify with it. It's crazy to me. Yeah. Like uh, – a emotionally abusive mother, a father who's never there. Uh, I don't know what's going through her head, man. I do think, though, when going to when they were dropping him off, or mm-hmm. he was dropping the kids off. I do feel like that. You know, yeah, I got a, a clear in, uh, sense that Don does love his kids. Yeah, and same as last, that he wasn't maybe the best father, and he definitely fails them from time to time. But I think his heart's in the right place. Where mm-hmm. I don't know if I can say the same about Betty. Oh, no, certainly not. I think she's, like, way more resentful of her children, but that's yeah. just my take on it. Uh, the only take I kind of got on Sally here, both in the car when he's dropping her off and uh, when she sees Megan in the bed, is that maybe she's a little bit weirded out by the fact that that's not her mom with Don. Yeah. Because she wants him to come in when they go to the house. She's like, you're not coming in? Uh-huh. He says no. I do think it was slightly, you know, it, it's we're a far cry from when they went to Disneyland or wherever in California. And yes. it's just like Megan was the awesome babysitter mm-hmm. who didn't freak out when we spilt the shake. I, I do feel like yeah. things have cooled a little bit on that. Surely. Um, and then you get a more Tisha and Lurch, the Adams Family reference uh-huh. there. So that's also, I think, supposed to be establishing a, a time period. Right, because that show went off the air in like 64. So that mm. would be a fairly contemporary reference. Yeah. Right. Uh, so then Pete is talking to his commute, his commuting buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know this guy's name. I don't is, either. Is it ever mentioned? I don't know. I've not heard it yet. Uh, but he's talking about his wife and kid. And the guy seems to be taking the position that uh, he doesn't want to spend much time with his wife and kid. And I don't know if Pete's really as disinterested in his family as this guy is. No, but I feel like there is the... And one of the things I'm going to look for this whole season is the idea of Pete becoming Don. Uh-huh. Uh 
Who, who Don used to be, because Don is changing now. Well, Don is changing, but, you know, the long commute on the train to the suburbs and the house and mm. – you know, I, I just think that there's the beginning of Pete wanting more. Yeah. That, you know, he has achieved everything that he wanted at the outset of probably season one. Mm-hmm. And now he's, he's, but he's still not happy. He still wants more. And maybe, you know, he's noticing that, you know, Trudy doesn't ever get out of her damn uh, bathrobe anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's a problem for him. Yeah. He's certainly, in my opinion, dissatisfied with just about everything in his life. I, mean, I don't feel like. I feel like him and Trudy have a good connection, but the kid is something that he's not really interested in very much. Yeah. Uh, I, I There are a couple of little references he makes during this episode that I'll get into later, but um, I, I don't know. He he likes his wife, but I don't think he likes his kid as much as his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's certainly not satisfied with his career. He says as much. He's, mm-hmm. he's looking for more out of it. Mm-hmm. He's not getting the respect that he thinks he deserves, uh, which we'll see certainly later from Roger. In this episode. Okay. Uh, Roger bribes his secretary to do her job more visibly, I guess, to let people know that, hey, it's his secretary. He's, he's just – I felt like Roger in a lot of ways demeans himself in this episode. And this is the one way where mm. he's he's really trying to bribe a secretary to sit over at another desk just so she, he looks more important. Uh-huh. But then as the episode wore on, I'm uh, and I'm thinking about in retrospect, that might be a savvy political play because it's not like – People are not watching the throne, as it were. Sure. Yeah, especially Pete. Uh, so then we see Joan tending to her baby, and we're introduced to her mother, who mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen before. I don't know. This is a new character. Okay. Uh, and I don't know her name. It's just a grandmother or her mother, however you want to say it. Mother Joan. Um, she's she's dealing with her baby. Um, the the mother eventually agrees to take her take this kid out on a walk. Uh, and I guess pick up some booze probably too. That's what it that's, sounds that's her like. Medicine. <laughs> She's taking a tin out of a wallet. Are you buying his formula or her, or her yeah. your formula or his? Yeah. So interesting. Her, th- her mom's got a drinking problem probably. But at this point, we kind of think that her mom's just like a helpful person, you know? She's yeah. going to let Joan get some sleep and – because that's one thing it sounds like that she's desperately in need of. She's not got one of those babies that just sleeps and is an angel apparently. He doesn't like to sleep and – he only will sleep in the elevator, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. That's uh, an awkward thing to have to do is take your baby in the elevator to get to go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, so then there's a status meeting in Pete's office who I guess we basically get uh, Peggy, Ken, and what's his name? S. It starts with an S. Uh, Rizzo. Stan? Oh, Stan, yeah. Yeah. They, they all come into Pete's office uh, for a status meeting, which then turns into a uh, meeting out in the kind of hallway with uh, them planning Roger's prank mm-hmm. uh, on their former firm, I guess. Mm-hmm. Weinar. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of a – there. a lot of these scenes are hard to talk about in order and in, a, in like, chunks. Sure. Because they all blend together. And I love how this show does that, actually. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of scenes in this episode where they really just move the location of the, the scene from place to place, from mm-hmm. different offices into the hallway, into someone else's office – and they have a really cool flow to the show where characters come into this the shot, they go out of the shot, new characters come in, and mm-hmm. you get constant movement in the frame. Oh, yeah. It's really interesting. Uh, we also get some confirmation that Burt Cooper has come back. The uh, His stunt leaving the company after Don's uh, letter about Big Tobacco. Yeah. Apparently, he reneged on that deal, mm-hmm. and now he's back, but... 
if if Roger is useless, he's even more so. That's what I was going to say. He doesn't say. even have an office. Why is Pete not up in arms about this guy? Well, he because he's not horning in on business? And he doesn't have an office. He literally has no office. Does he collect a paycheck is my thing. I'm sure he does. Yeah. Because uh, Or does his... he invest the money is my question. I mean, the thing is they needed him and Roger's name on the building. If yeah. it was just Draper Price, mm-hmm. nobody uh, – there'd be a lot of fear, but having a Sterling Cooper – uh, on the door, I think, is what lends them legitimacy. Yeah. But what he really resents is the fact that Roger's got the big office and he's still, mm-hmm. you know, they're not even caring to involve Bert in the business meeting. Yeah. Which I don't – do you think that there'll be a problem when Bert figures out that he's being sidelined? Because he seems to think that, uh, you know, he's sitting there in a conference room waiting for everyone to show up. Yeah. And then when people show up an hour late and have a meeting in the co- the hallway, he comes out and is like, don't let the meeting start without me. That's kind of sad. He was definitely used to being respected and listened to in the old firm. Yeah. So now he could have a big problem with the way they're going to be treating him. Yeah. I would just I, – I, I don't know where that's going. I mean you – Yeah. You speculated that this would, he would die this season. Oh, I want him to die. That no, seems I, like, I mean, I his no age and, and the where he's at in the company, that would be a logical thing to do with him. Yeah, you would think so. Uh, so then Don meets with Megan in his office, and Pete comes in to talk about Mohawk Airlines. Um, uh, I want to, one thing to touch on here is how uh, proper Megan is trying to be in the office. Mm-hmm. They're like, look, if I'm in here for more than five minutes, they're going to think... And Don's trying to get her, you know, I think Don would nail her in the office right there. Unbutton her blouse at least. Wants to flash some some titties at her, Mm -hmm. uh, M. Uh, But she's being real and uh, prim and proper, and Don just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. I think that's an interesting juxtaposition from what happens next, later on in the episode. Yeah, and Don later in the episode says, hey, look, you haven't been there three months yet. You don't know what it's like between creative and and whatnot uh, and the executives. But Don does. Don has been there a long time. Mm -hmm. He... Probably knows that nobody's coming in that office without knocking first, I would think. Yeah, I'm just thinking. Except maybe Roger. Well, no, but I'm thinking his sense of propriety. Sure, sure, sure. You know, she can't do this sexy little dance for him at his birthday, but Mm -hmm. he can, she can be in his office alone with him for 45 minutes. Yeah. And he doesn't think anything of that. It's just weird where his comfort level's at, I thought. Gotcha. Uh, So what do you think about the strategy that Pete's employing here with Mohawk Airlines? Like saying, look, Don, what's the one, the one customer you would love to have? And he well, says, Mohawk, you are that to Mohawk. Exactly. And even if you treated you, them like shit before. And do you remember that storyline, right? I do not, know. So they were trying to get American, uh-huh. but American said, hey, we need exclusivity. So they cut ties. So that was going to be the only client? No. Or the only airline, airline. client? Okay. So they cut ties. They severed their contract with, with Mohawk, Mohawk, and then American Airlines sniped them. Gotcha. Yeah, so you're right. That's they're the jilted lover the way, you know, they're chasing after Sterling And they're going to take Price. him back yeah. immediately. Yeah, yeah. He shows up and says, we're on board. Although, man, that's not too. how the companies I've been with, you do that, and it turns into spurned woman mode pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think they still know that he's the best, you know. Yeah, he's maybe. Don Draper. He's True. got a reputation. Uh, so then Maggie, or I'm sorry, Who do you want Megan. Y&R, the bunch of, you know, black folk <laughs> water bombing savages over on madison avenue yeah no no kidding uh so then megan shows peggy her ideas for the heinz campaign uh and asks her opinion on who to invite to don's birthday party don's surprise birthday party Uh uh-huh uh their relationship starts off i thought kind of well here i mean she's going to peggy who obviously knows don better than she does uh to try and find 
but what information uh, what do you think peggy feels about her work uh, i don't think she likes it i don't think she thinks it's very good either that or she thinks yeah this girl's just getting started i was there once too because she does mention yeah i tried the coupon the coupon thing as well and i got past that eventually right but the fact that she like you know it's like hey i tried this two for 22 goes well we only can get five cents so it's like did you even listen to what i said and then i felt like when she handed that to stan and said hey changes changes basically redesigned the entire thing Mm -hmm. i just wonder uh you know not knowing anything about megan's work so far and that i just wonder and i think peggy kind of does too it's like you know i feel she feels like that don would have ripped this shit apart Mm mm-hmm but apparently it sailed through his approval and he's like kinder and patient and gentler. I feel mm-hmm. like there's a little still envy, if not personally, that I was talking about in the preview podcast, professionally. Mm-hmm. That, you know, why is she getting the kids glove cre- treatment? And now that I'm more of an up and comer, I'm kind of resenting Don being passive because I want him to be more, I want him to, you know, be more ballsy and support me. Gotcha. Uh, so is, is the bean ballet, as it's called, uh, Megan's idea? Mm-mm. No, that's all Peggy. I was okay. just talking about the coupons. Yeah. All right. Well, they're working on the same campaign. I they guess. are. Just right. not, she's just working not the on the coupon. Yeah. Which and she's right. Customers are they find that very important. I mean, I work in retail, and I can't believe how much time fucking marketing spends Creating obsessing coupons. over coupons <laughs> and working those deals. It's amazing. Hmm. Even in this in 2012. All right. Uh, so again, we get Joan's mother who returns with the baby and they talk about Joan returning to work or more argue about Joan returning to work. Uh, her mother does not seem to want her to go back to work. Well, her mom is, I kind of think that we're seeing where Joan gets her because Joan can shift in this high gear bitch mode Mm -hmm. where she just cuts you to the bone. Certainly. And I think that's, she's got it obviously from her mother. I mean, Mm -hmm. her mom is a, vicious vicious woman when she wants to roll up her sleeves and start to fight dirty and we see joan deliver a punch this episode too oh yeah it's it's definitely uh, a prize on. prize fight round yeah yeah it's like you know it's like you need to stay at home and your husband's a doctor it's like oh well that worked out so well for you didn't it yeah. obviously she must have been divorced i'm assuming or cheated on or something something i don't know what happened I mean, with mr holloway is not in the picture at this point so. yeah uh, well i'm hoping to find out what happened with her mother maybe a little bit more of a backstory mm-hmm. uh, give us some insight into joan as well so then pete shows up to the mohawk meeting and lo and behold roger's there mm-hmm. waiting for him having a few drinks with the guys uh, he tells him Pete tells him that there's an emergency at the office and he gets him to leave. Yeah. So great scene, right? It is a great scene. Yeah. Uh I also hint got a just a, a whiff of desperation from Roger. Like all uh-huh. those airline puns. <laughs> yeah, it seems yeah, like when he's, heading out. he's not throwing his 90 mile an hour fastball here. He's he's lost, you know, that's I, I felt like good god. You know, was, I, I, I thought he's going to show up with stripes on his sleeves and a little cap, you know, and like uh-huh. silver wings on his breast. It's like, take it, <laughs> take, take it super literal there, Roger. Yeah. Yeah. And Pete is trying to get him out of there without letting on that there's a big problem between them. And not doing a super good job. Of no, it. not doing a good job at all. Let me ask you this. Why is Pete so pissed off about this? Does he get, I, I don't think he gets paid on commission, right? He's salaried. Hmm. So it seems like 
there's the concept in baseball of like you know the starter and the closer. Mm-hmm. You know, starters the 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 guy that gets things going, and then the closer is the guy that come that comes in and, and say and saves the game. Why couldn't they just be that tandem? Like obviously yeah. Pete's good at bird dogging clients mm-hmm. and getting them to sign. So he's like the reverse starter closer and maybe Rogers the reliever, or whatever. But Rogers really good at making the customers think, "Wow, this this place is really awesome and I want to give them my money and I'm having a really good time. I feel good about my investment." Yeah. And why and, and he even has that later on that um, he talks about being a row and in, in, in rowing for whatever Ivy League school he went to. He's a coxswain. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, where you know everyone's got to work as a team. Well, why can't he see that he is part? Why don't they both realize that? Like, look, yeah. I want to set him up. You knock him down or whatever. Uh, I'm I'm with you there. I think Pete is seriously undervaluing Roger's contribution and vice to versa, lubing up no pun intended these clients. Yeah, I mean he's he's liquoring them up. He's getting them to trust him. A Roger has connections. He has Roger connections. knows tons of people. And if that isn't worth anything in business, I don't know what is. Even going back to season, I believe too, where Lane Price told uh, you know comparing why Ken Cosgrove got a promotion over. Uh, Pete, mm-hmm. it's like you know, you just don't have that Midas touch, that ability to let uh, make a customer feel like they don't have any problems in the world. I mean, mm-hmm. you're very good at taking care of people's problems. This guy makes them feel like they don't have any problems. Yeah, yeah, and that's super valuable. And I don't know why there is this, you know, artificial competition. I think part a lot of it's Pete because yeah. you know him and Don used to butt heads all the time. Yeah, and I, I feel like it's partially Pete wants to be where Roger is. Because um, Roger, I don't know, I can't tell how much money these guys are making. Lane and Pete are obviously struggling. They don't mm-hmm. have enough money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete's not a full partner, so I understand that. Right. Lane, I'm not sure why he's having such money problems, unless he's spending a lot. I know he's spending money on his kid's education. Probably a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But I have to assume that Don, Roger... uh uh, the other two guys, Lane and what's his face? Pete. Bert. Oh, Bert. Yeah. Bert are getting paid lots of money because Roger is just throwing money around. Well, I think I actually reverse unless he's got money from previous like yeah. savings. I feel like Roger and Bert are wealthy, and so yeah. is Don at this point as well. I mean, look mm-hmm. at his house. Yeah, he obviously has tons of money. So I think that the ones that are hungry in this scenario are Pete and mm-hmm. uh, Lane, and for whatever reason, Lane maybe it's because he's got. Like these mistresses on the side, maybe it's because <laughs> he's had to move his family across the Atlantic like twice. Yeah. And I'm kind of unclear about, is his wife in America now at this point or is she still in London? Uh, did he go to the party and was his wife there? I don't think she was. Man, I can't remember seeing him there. Anyway, there's someone who's going to send us an email set us straight. That's but fine. Yeah. I feel like that there's been a lot of times where he's had to move things up and around. And, mm-hmm. and also, you know, I think that didn't everybody have to write a check to make this? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, make that line of credit work that kind of mm-hmm. saved them at the end of the last season. Yep. And uh, maybe he just wasn't in a position to write that big of a check. Yeah. Or when he wrote that check, that was really all he had. That could be. And now he's living off a meager salary. Because you look at Pete's house, it's not... It's crappy. Well, I mean, it's like a Don Draper house from season one. In fact, well, when we both yeah. saw it, we're like, holy shit, that is Don. I, I kind of <laughs> wondered if it like was it. the same set that they just redressed it. Uh, but yeah, it's just the wallpaper. They both had crappy yeah, wallpaper. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But yeah, you're right. I don't know why they aren't cooperating a little bit more there. 
You'd think there would be a lot of synergy there. Uh, so then we get the Heinz Bean Ballet meeting, which I really liked. Um, I love the idea. I, yeah, I like the idea of the commercial. Apparently, Heinz did not, because uh, Don has to basically come in and say, all right, we'll do something else. Now, I want to talk about that a little bit. Contrast Don's style, as Peggy mentions, now versus before Megan, let's say pre-Megan. Uh, has he become soft? Has he become nice and considerate and he's no longer as good as he would have been? Well, he said something about, like, they these guys came on the in on the transom. We didn't pitch it. He has every right to make us work for the money. And that yeah, was like, I don't know that's what that a means. business term. That I'm not sure. It's like maybe the fact that they didn't spend money to bring them in and pitch it. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't do a lot of pro bono work. They said, hey, we just want to sign up with you because we heard you're the best. Yeah. So it's like they – there's some kind of – sometimes in business you got these unspoken contracts where it's like, okay, yeah, you had to chase us and you won us and we, you made us hot for us. So, you know, there is an understanding that you're we're going to be accepting the first couple pitches or pay more money. Whereas if someone just comes and says, hey, wow us – they get a little bit more free work because there wasn't any free work done in the beginning on the front side. I guess that's what I'm saying. Okay. But yeah, obviously this is a far cry from the guy uh, yeah. who told the swimsuit company to get the hell out of their office. We uh-huh. don't need you because you don't understand what sex even means. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was thinking. This is the first time that we really see in this episode. I guess it pointed out to us that Don has changed. Mm-hmm. Don, Don is a very changed man from what he was last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically that's all because of Megan, as far as we can tell. Yep. Uh, so Pete comes back to the office to complain to Ken and his secretary about Roger showing up at the Mohawk meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where I was going to mention Pete undervaluing Roger, but I think we already talked about that enough. Yep. So I'm good. I did love the line where he says, uh, that they love him. They love his pickled, his pickled guts. <laughs> that's really good well this is a way isn't this the uh, scene where pete trips and slams Sma- his head smashes his nose into yeah. that giant support column in the middle of his office good foreshadowing right right well i mean obviously that is a shitty little office yeah not um good. and also the other thing is pete is not the heavyweight that roger is roger after like that many high potent drinks would just uh, come into the office and be cool pete's like yeah. a little staggery not feeling good about it again yeah. Why doesn't he see that? I feel like Pete is in this scene what Roger would be without the drinks. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's that's my take on it. Uh, so then Stan nearly tips off Don about the surprise party, and they discuss Don's behavior in the Heinz meeting with Peggy. Uh, this is when he kind of comes in to get Megan to go home. Um, I don't have a lot to say about this scene. Other than I, I really started to like Stan a lot more this episode. He's really funny, man. He's got tickets to the Bean Ballet and the curtains are about to go up. <laughs> yeah. That's a great line. Oh, yeah. That's getting daily use in uh, my life now. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was in the next scene, actually, where Peggy doesn't recognize Don and it concerns her. I guess it's not the next scene. It's the same scene. Uh, where, but, what do we think about a, the overall state of... Uh, sterling cooper draper price i think they're in a tough spot they're barely treading water um and, ken and if they don't get more clients they're going going under i mean ken obviously has this like you know here's the path to success uh pete's like well you know stability is a step backwards between success and failure 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we did notice a couple things that like the phones do seem to be ringing sort of off the hook. Non-stop in this episode, yeah. You got to think that that's good, right? Mm-hmm. Unless that's everybody's boyfriends and girlfriends calling to just, you know, waste time. I, I think that if you're an ad agency, having the phones ringing is a good thing. Oh, yeah. So I feel like, you know, you know, between Ken's optimism and Pete's pessimism, which do you think is more accurate? Um, right now, I feel like Pete's pessimism is kind of accurate. Really? I don't think they're on the downswing. I think, like Ken said, they're somewhat stable, but they're just not stable in a place where they're they're going to feel comfortable. I think you know, that they're still constantly struggling to stay stable. I feel like I like Pete's viewpoint better, and because only because I think that some of Pete's pessimism is shaded by his own personal failings. Wait, 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 wait. So you like it because I think that Pete is overly pessimistic because he's okay. he's l- overlaying his success over uh, Sterling Cooper Draping Pri- Draper Price. Yeah, he's kind of got a. He's like, shitty I'm house not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not in the office I want to be. Therefore, we're not as successful as yeah. we should be. Yeah. And there, and the reason we're not is because Rogers a boat anchor. <laughs> yeah, he's certainly. not pulling his weight. Uh, there's some interesting stuff. Um, that Pete says later on with his wife, actually in this scene coming up where he arrives home and tells his wife that basically he's completely dissatisfied with his life at work, but he seems to like segregate that from his home life. He doesn't consider the house, the the shitty house they're living in part of his career, part of his work life. No. And he's he, like, yeah, I am ungrateful because I do have, he's got a place to live. He's got a wife, a kid. He's, mm-hmm. he has things. But I don't feel like he's getting the respect at work that he deserves, mm-hmm. that he feels that he deserves, whether or not he does. Uh, and that, to me, is what he considers his work life. I also thought this scene started the other theme because, you know, one of the big themes is Pete becoming Don. The other was mm-hmm. miscommunication, uh, you know, the chaos theory, because Megan's kind of late organization of this party mm-hmm. – is misinterpreted by several characters as a uh, what do you call that as a snob a snub okay because you see that Pete's wife uh, Trudy says did Don really just invite you because that's a big social faux pas mm-hmm. something I would do because I don't I don't know that shit but my yeah. girlfriend would probably drive uh, say I'm an idiot <laughs> uh, also what what do you think about this uh, Pete wanting a dog business uh, I don't know the only time I've ever seen a dog in this show. Um, was it? It resulted in Betty shooting the neighbor's pigeons, uh-huh, yeah. and uh, Duck letting his dog go in downtown Manhattan for some reason. Hmm. Do you remember that one? No, I don't remember that one. He brought it to the office, and somehow it caused a problem. So he just took his dog down and set it free in Manhattan. Wow. Okay. No, <laughs> that's kind uh, of awesome. Do- dog. Nothing good ever comes from dogs in the show. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Maybe that's a uh, foreshadowing. For Ooh. Pete. Uh-oh. Uh, so then we get the the party scene. Well, the first half of the party scene. Don arriving at the party. Um, and he arrives and Roger's at the door with his wife. <laughs> Classic. Uh, screws up the whole surprise thing. Don's just like, no. Uh-huh. No. Uh-huh. This party is not going to happen. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's banter. There's booze. There's music. Looks like a pretty cool party. It does. Yeah. Pretty swinging 60s party, actually. Mm-hmm. The decor in there fantastic oh yeah i mean the the period stuff that they're doing is amazing how did you like pete's suit <laughs> it looked like awesome. a fucking test pattern on a tv sh- uh, tv station has gone off signal 
<laughs> I noticed a lot of the clothes I like. Actually, um, Stan in the Heinz meeting had this like green jacket with a, like a navy blue shirt underneath it. It was pretty cool. Yeah, if you didn't know before, because I thought I thought the fifties had a lot of inertia in this show that everything mm-hmm. was very cool suits. The sixties is starting to establish its hold. <laughs> oh yeah, and if this show makes it to the seven, do do. Do you want to see Don Draper in a leisure suit? Sure. I don't Absolutely know, man. I, do. I don't know. I want to see him with flared bell bottoms. Oh. I want to see him in polyester from I head to toe. I think by the ne- I don't know. I kind of already miss how awesome and stately everything looked. This, yeah. this t- yeah. Pete's jacket about blinded me. I almost had a seizure. Did you see me over on the couch? No, I didn't. I did. I, str- I passed out for like five minutes. <laughs> you know, I don't think you're going to have to worry about too much. I think... Roger and Don are pretty much set in what they wear. Unless sure. Megan gets Don to change his wardrobe too, which <laughs> uh, I could Maybe. see it. I could see it. But Roger, Roger is never going to change. Roger's Roger until he dies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which may be sooner or later. Uh, there's an interesting like culture clash here happening too because you got like the the business executives uh-huh. uh, and the artsy fartsy type right. like hippies almost like m- merging into that right it's uh really interesting to see them interacting in a party setting yeah like uh peggy's boyfriend oh um, yeah let's talk about him <laughs> god what is uh i don't know his name i don't know the actor abe abe his name's Abe, and he right. works at some kind of counterculture alternative newspaper, and he's mm. having a debate about the Vietnam War Yeah, with Burt Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. I love his point about bombs being the ultimate product. They're was, it, single, was it him who said that? They're extremely expensive. I that was sing- Ken who said that. Oh, really? They're I think extre- so. Extremely expensive single-use products. Yeah. He's absolutely right. It's like if if, if razor blades <laughs> cost twenty five thousand dollars and self destructed at the each use. <laughs> yeah. So um, I thought that but, was pretty. But her boyfriend is ridiculous, man. Like he's got this line where he's they're talking about how great the apartment is, and he's, his, and he's just like, I want to take my pants off and rub my ass across the carpet, scoot across the carpet, right? <laughs> That's so crass and disgusting. I don't like this guy at all. No, I don't feel like he's right for Peggy. Wow. No. I feel like that there's a scene where Okay, number one, they're in a long term relationship at this point. They've been uh-huh. together almost a year. Okay. Number two, there's a scene where the Peggy's having have a flashback about the shit that the awful aspy shit she just said to Don Draper. Yeah. Uh inappropriate. To, to Megan. Yeah. yeah. And 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 uh she's like, Oh my god, I shouldn't have said that. Did that come out horrible? And mm-hmm. he's like, Well, that's one of the reasons. Your your inability to be anything but blunt. I can't remember exactly what he said, but your inability to be anything but blunt is one of the reasons I love you. Right. I feel like they love that about each each other, that they are kind of yeah. this iconoclastic group that Peggy at this point has lost any ability to filter what she's going to say, and I don't think he ever had one. Mm-hmm. I think in that way, they really are kind of kindred spirits. Yeah, I just feel like this guy – Peggy's going a lot farther than this guy is, in my opinion. And I just don't want to see them together. Maybe they, maybe they are right for each other, but ah, something about him, just the way he, he doesn't have a filter like that. A couple other random thoughts. I thought Harry looked really good here. Harry is – oh, yeah, yeah, the glasses. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's like lost weight. Maybe he, a bunch of weight. Is he still married? Because he had an affair with his wife, and then they had a rough, rough spot. But he's there alone. Yeah, I want to say he's not. Kind of a pervy horn dog, but he, yeah. he's 
Ghost seemed like he's upped his game. Uh, yeah. yeah, he did. Unintended redhead. <laughs> you got to jump in. on that. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is um, what. Were people laughing at Don and or Megan? It seemed like there was a lot of snickering about them. Well, I don't know. Roger says they're not. But I'm not entirely sure. I feel like that was Roger trying to make Don feel a little better. Well, there's a lot of petty shit going down. Like, people were sniping. It seemed like every single time a conversation broke up, someone was tearing someone down. Like, Mm -hmm. Jane, Roger's wife, asking if Pete's going bald. Which I actually do think his hairline's receding a bit. He's getting a bit of a five head. Uh, maybe so. Maybe so. But if you notice, it's just, as far as I can tell, the executives talking like that. It's it's the guys from SDCP, right. whatever, SCDP. Uh, it's not the artsy-fartsy type. Oh, no. I, I think they're a little more free-spirited and a little less judgy. And Like Ken, like Ken I think it's Ken's wife talked about Roger Sterling's wife, Mary, you know, yeah. I guess Mary, Mary early and often. Like, that's like a really catty thing to say. Oh, definitely, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, Ken's wife is actually Larissa Olenek, who, if you're my age, I had a huge crush on her when I was like 12 years old. What? Because she's from The Secret Life of Alex Mack. Do you remember that show? No, I don't. Yeah, I you're, you're like five years older than me, so I you were... I'm an old man. Yeah, you were 17, that would have been creepy. <laughs> but yeah, ooh. I'm not about awesome. being creepy. <laughs> I'm just in, unfamiliar in with the way, material. Hopefully. All right, so we come back from commercial. The party's still going. Uh, Peggy's trying to make Megan feel guilty, I guess. This is the comment she makes about not helping with the You have to redo the pitch. Right. But you already knew that. Uh, And then Megan performs for Don. She does a little song and dance routine. What a a scene. Yeah, man. If I was at that party, I don't know what's going on. I felt like I was at that party. That's true. And that's exactly how I would feel at the party. Like, I'm going back and forth between, wow, this is super hot. Don's a lucky dude. Ooh, (laughs) this is. He works with these people. Mm -hmm. He works with these people. These are his friends. Is this. I know Don. This is. Oh. Yeah, and I'm looking at everybody else, and I'm seeing everybody else's reactions, having like the that. same reaction. Yeah, I think everybody's reaction was, but ooh, and it was <laughs> I, the way it was acted, like Don's face. Yeah, you couldn't really tell. I mean, obviously he was mortified. Yeah, but I couldn't tell if underneath it all he was like, "Wow, what a woman!" Or mm-hmm. this bitch, I'm going to put my th- hands around her throat and choke her for this. I think it's a little bit of both. I think yeah. I think he's reacting the same way everyone else is, except he has to keep a smile up. Mm. Because if he doesn't, she's going to feel ridiculous. Uh, you know? Then it also brought out to the head that, you know, Roger with his new bride, mm-hmm. uh, you know, why don't you sing like that? Well, why don't you look like that? <laughs> Rose has fallen off of that relationship. Yeah. Fallen off that bloom. Yeah. And later on he says she doesn't even like me and... I don't know. That doesn't and, seem and, like a very healthy relationship. It's interesting because I feel like Megan and Don is a very close mirror to Roger and Jane's relationship. Do you think, mm. you know, because just like Roger impetuously married Jane, yeah. the secretary, after his brutal divorce, Don impetuously married this girl, Megan, after his brutal divorce. I mean, is this the roadmap for how we're going to go ahead? I don't, I don't know. Is he following in Roger's footsteps there? Is he going to become Roger? Well, we do know that Megan knows all about the De- Dick Whitman at yes. this point because mm-hmm. there's very many references to that. So clearly Don learned his lesson from his first marriage that you can't keep that many secrets from your wife yeah. and not destroy the relationship. Do you think 
and fundamentally he's younger, so he's able to change maybe more than Roger. Do you think he's got the chops to make this relationship work? Is that one of the questions that might Weiner wants us to think about? Definitely, that's what I was going to say. I think that's what he's going for in this season. I think it's it's part of one of the main arcs um, for Don is trying to determine if he can live with this woman that he's married. (laughs) Well, it's like I feel like in a lot of ways she didn't know she doesn't know Don very well. If she Mm -hmm. thought this would go over well, yeah. And I think that he doesn't really kind of know her very well if he doesn't know that this is something that she would think is is fun or cool. Yeah. Or she uh, could get away with anyway. And, and I'm not sure if they're going the direction of, oh, this was a big mistake to get married or this is going to change both of them and they're going to come out of this uh, better people, I guess. Hmm. So I'm interested to see where that goes, certainly. Well, they say you marry your own baggage. So whether um, it's, 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 it's whether you can help yourself – each other carry that baggage is whether your relationship works or not. Yeah. Uh, so then the party is over and Don wants to sleep, but Megan wants to talk. Oh, Megan doesn't want to talk. Her parties well, are famous for getting people to screw after all. <laughs> after Don says, go away, I want to sleep. Then uh-huh. she wants to talk. She wants to know what Don's problem is. And I want to know what Don's problem here is. No, no, is I feel really? Don on this. I do not like my birthday being celebrated. Okay. Because I grew up with my birthday not being celebrated. Sure, sure. So it's very weird and off-putting to feel like you're the center of attention. I've tried to yep. change a little bit, but it's still very weird and uncomfortable and doesn't ever seem to work out for me. So I, I feel him on that, but he is being a total dick. Well, and he also gives a different explanation later. I mean, I, I, one that I feel is more honest. He didn't want people in his house. I think both are honest. But he wasn't ready. Like, he's got a many, very many reasons to not like his birthday. The fact that it's a sham birthday, number one. Six months late. Yeah. Uh, It's, he's a very private person, and his parents obviously didn't celebrate his birthday. How much do you think turning 40 has to do with that? Ooh. Because she she asks him, is it because you're turning 40? Now, so so that and the fact that he doesn't like to have his personal life intermixed with his work life yeah that's four good reasons for him to hate this fucking birthday party (laughs) all right justified i think yeah all right uh moving on uh lane finds a wallet in a cab on on his way to work uh and he decides that he's going to take care of it my question is why does he want to take care of it is it the the racism that's kind of inherent in the time Does, does lane not trust the cab driver who's black i think there's a couple things i was thinking um, throughout the episode, not necessarily in this first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. So at first I thought it's just he, he didn't trust a cab driver because they're making a point about the civil rights mm-hmm. and uh, Blaine obviously not wanting to trust $100 with this man. Two, when they later establish, because we didn't know this yet, but they later establish evidence that Lane is having money problems himself. I was yeah. thinking, oh, wouldn't it be ironic if he stole this money? Yep. Like, oh, I can't trust you. I thought that's what he was going to do. Yeah, honestly. that would be a very interesting deconstruction of racism and all that kind of stuff. There's certainly. Um, Just like they said before in the very first scene, and they call us savages. Right. When these guys toss yeah. water bombs on kids. But then at the end of the episode, I kind of thought, well, this is also kind of consistent with Lane's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, that even before he got the Dolores, I, I think that, you know, he's got this kind of British... 
propriety about him and maybe mm. that there's some sense of personal responsibility. So they, it, it's one of those things where there's a lot of shades of gray. There's a lot yeah. of things that could be motivating him, but since you're not in his head and they're not going to spell it out in episode one, mm-hmm. you kind of less, left guessing a little bit. And that's what I feel is so brilliantly done in this show so often is the mix of of motivation between setting which is foreign to our own and character motivation and they do character motivation yes so well every action that these characters take is motivated by their personality and the setting the time and we're about to get to a scene that's an epitome of that but like mm-hmm. i even think the party uh it happened like in real life you're just experiencing it yes and then the next morning you're discussing it with your coworkers and your loved ones. And exactly. what do we think about that? And and that feels very organic and brilliant about that show. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the fact that actually in this next scene, um, after Don wakes up and gets ready for work, uh, Pete then stops by Lane's office to tell him that he's called the partners meeting. Uh, Lane gets a call from his wife uh, as he investigates a wallet and finds a picture of Dolores. But in this scene, Pete comes in and starts making small talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's there for a reason. He wants to tell Lane that there's a meeting that's going to happen. But he, he makes small talk about the party. And I feel that that's just very natural. That is how it would happen in a real world setting. Right. And so many TV shows don't get that feel at all. They say, this is what needs to happen in the scene. Let's make it happen immediately. Sure. But this this show takes its time. I'm and some like, people can't get into that, but I love it. They spent 30 seconds showing Don Draper waking up, stumbling <laughs> stumbling to this bathroom, using his new badger hair brush, mm-hmm. bristle brush, which are fabulous, by the way, to start <laughs> shaving. And he just stares at himself in a mirror. Yeah. What the hell does that mean? We don't know, but it just kind of adds to the emotional palette of the episode. Oh, I think I know. I oh, mean, tell, he, lay it on me, brother. Well, he wakes up alone in that scene. Mm-hmm. Megan's not there. He goes to the mirror and he realizes what a dick he was from last night. But you don't like what he said. That's he, not he never dialogue. Says it. You're right. You're right. It, it does, the show does not say it. It takes but sixty it, seconds. It, tells it. it takes sixty seconds to just watch a man dick around in the morning. Yes. But that's tell giving you information, and it's not, and it somehow feels more valuable the information that you get yeah. when it's not just handed to you. Well, because you, you have to, to kind of dig for it. So yeah. anyway, enough stroking off of the wiener. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, no horrible puns on this show, please. He's the uh, Vince Gilligan is the Villigan. Matthew Weiner is, is the wiener. wiener. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so well played, wiener. Well in played. this scene, we find out, I think, that Lane is having money problems. This is where we first see it. Strongly right? suggested. Strongly, yes, because his wife calls up and says, "Hey, we don't. Hey, we haven't written a check for the school. We're getting yet. a threatening collection letter." Uh-huh. And Lane's like, "Well, of course they want their money. It's, <laughs> it's their, their, you know, they want the interest in their bank and a bunch yeah, of bullshit. We'll, we'll pay it before it comes time." Uh-huh. Uh huh. So interesting that he's having money problems, uh, and yet we see how it turns out with the wallet. Although $100 is not going to solve his problems. I'm certain of that. No, but $100 is a lot of money back then. It is, certainly. $1,000 is a month's pay for an executive. Yeah, yeah. $1,100? Not bad. Not bad. And and we saw the tip that Lane left the cab driver, 25 cents. Which I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, The guy smiled. I feel like it was probably pretty good. Well, but I kind of thought like it might have been maybe a a, huh kind of smile. Like if you tip a waiter a waiter yeah. a, a penny and he smiles at you for hmm. it, I don't. Again, I don't know. Yeah, and, yeah. and uh, keep talking. I'm going to run this through an inflation calculator. <laughs> well, I was going <laughs> to suggest that the listeners write in if they were alive in the '60s and could tell us, but <laughs> but uh, I don't know. 
Uh, so let's move on then. Joan comes home to find her mother chatting up the plumber. Apollo, I guess is his name. <laughs> He's a, a god. Her mother tries to convince Joan not to go back to work. And this is, uh, again, the second time she tries to. I want to know why her mother doesn't want her working. This uh, doesn't doesn't make much sense to me. Because it does, like we talked in the thing, this does not... Um, this does not compute in their worldview that like, yeah, Joan is representing the, it's a, Joan a, and a Peggy different generation are the certainly. fault line and yeah. Peggy's on one side and Joan's on the other. But her mom mm-hmm. is like, you know, you're playing off the script. Why are you right? You've got this baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, 25 cents would be a buck 66. That's eh. a two buck tip. It depends for a, on how far he went. Yeah. But yeah. I, that doesn't seem unreasonable. So yeah, I would think that would probably be an acceptable tip. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's say he gave him a dollar and he was getting 25 cents back and just gave it to him. That's mm-hmm. a pretty good tip. Mm-hmm. 25%. Not compared to a hundred dollar wallet. <laughs> no, certainly not. Uh, so Don arrives at the office and Roger tells him that he's happy. Don is happy. Uh, did we gloss over the fact that uh, there's a lot of shit that's going on in that scene with, with a, Dolores and uh, Apollo. Oh, okay. That scene. And the fact that you know she makes a snap about snipe, snipe about the or snipe about you're not at your fighting weight, yeah. And which I thought she still looked pretty amazing. She does. I mean, obviously, I think opinion. they're padding her a little bit. They are, yeah. Um, but strangely, I don't think they've ever really put her in super flattering dresses. Uh, the usually. pink one that she wears into the office is pretty flattering. Do you think so? Yeah. Um, I think that you know her basically implying that her mom is only there for the money. Uh, yeah. But the the big did you cover the want ad because that was a big drop. No, her I didn't mom cover saying uh, you know I didn't want to bring this up, but look, mm. Sterling Cooper is hiring. And there's point two of the miscommunication, and she adds that and didn't you get that last minute? You know they really wanted you to be at that party. They had to give you more notice. You're a new yeah. mother. Blah blah blah. That's not it at all. So there's two unrelated mm. things that have Joan on like red alert battle stations mode. Another instance of character motivations playing mm-hmm. in through the the setting. Yep. Um. So what do you think about Roger telling Don that he's happy? Uh, first of all, I want to notice that this was a completely mirrored shot for shot from the beginning of the episode where Don and his wife come in all super happy. Uh, and now they're coming in and like the black cloud mm-hmm. and it's a shot for shot retake of it. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And it's all done body language and facial expression. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, ask what's your point of again? I thought Roger's being an asshole here. Yeah. I, he's obviously making fun of Megan uh, mm, when he does his little dance. Super jealous too. And we got that in the it, toast. Definitely. Yes. That toast was super brutal like what did he say he said um well first of all it felt to me when he stood up for that toast immediately uh-huh. that he was trying to channel the energy yes. from that performance to him yep as opposed to don because he got to do that yeah but he said something along the lines of um i mean he basically said i'm jealous of you and your hot wife uh-huh when yeah. he has a young, hot wife of his own. Yeah. And everyone seems to be saying how hot Megan is and how, like, how much of a I want sex something out she here. is. And- has she got her teeth fixed? No. No, no, no. Really? Because in standard def, standard def does her a lot of favors because I <laughs> I did not know, I didn't even notice her teeth being bad. Uh, Yeah, you can't, they're not 
so bad. Certainly, like our my favorite Mad Men podcast, the Mad Men recap and, and their season <laughs> prediction. Did you listen to that? No, they're talking they, about they're, her snaggle. Yeah, they call her snaggle too. So they're saying that her snaggle was going to actually cut Don in a makeout session. <laughs> it was going to rotate and protrude like a tusk. No, that's horrible. <laughs> uh, I try not to go there with with physical features unless it's like skyler being fat come on now uh i went there because everyone went there i guess everyone's going snaggle on on megan i'll go there uh yeah so i don't know i I feel like maybe she's had her teeth i feel like roger is jealous uh he's totally jealous yeah uh because don's got what he had four years ago and he's lost it Mm mm-hmm so there you go. And we've seen throughout the show's history that Roger is kind of petty when yeah. uh and and easy to be jealous. Oh yeah. Roger has a lot of flaws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh one of them we'll see in the next scene where there's a partners meeting. Uh Pete tells Roger that he wants his office. Mm-hmm. Uh, in no uncertain terms. And Roger's just like, Wanna take it outside? <laughs> yeah. Stands up. That's what I thought. That's the second time he's physically threatened Pete. And Pete's yeah. like incredulous. Like, really? Is this happening? I can't believe it. Yeah, we're having this... Uh, I mean, I think that's the thing, is that he doesn't understand that... Or maybe he does. Pete's de- doing the equivalent of a street brawl in a boardroom. Yeah. Like, I I want your office, old man. I'm taking you out. Uh, uh, I don't know. Who do you think would win in a fight? Peter Roger? Roger would kick Pete's ass. You sure? Roger's yes. has heart problems, Fuck. man. And, unless <laughs> it's like Arlo Givens... Mm-hmm. Where he's in the middle of just beating Pete's face into the ground and he has a heart attack. That's the yeah. only way Pete could ever win. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. As he's happen. working him over the baseball bat <laughs> and curb stopping him, yeah. if the exertion of kicking Pete's ass causes exactly. Roger to have a heart attack, he might win. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Pete has never thrown a punch in his life. Uh-huh. Uh huh. All right, let's move on. Uh, next scene is Harry making an ass of himself Favorite in front of Megan. Ever so good, and Stan just adds to the hilarity. Especially when he like he like <laughs> takes a sip of coffee to cover the fact he's about to you know do a spit take. Yeah, and then he's he, like, "Oh, really? What would you do?" Yeah, <laughs> explain that a little bit. <laughs> and he tried, like he said, he tried to say, "Hey, she's behind like, you." Like what, for example? Oh yeah, and he's like, "Oh yeah, real funny." Uh-huh. What just do keeps I do? going? What I do to that woman? Oh, like what, for example? Great scene. I love the interaction between kind of the junior members of this. Of Don't this you think firm. this is one of the funniest episodes we've had in a long time? Well, it's the only episode we've had in a long time. <laughs> but <laughs> true. But yeah, I get you. True. Yeah, I mean, Mad Men has been very funny at times, but mm-hmm. there was a lot of me LOLing. I can't believe I just did that. And mostly coming from Stan, right? Stan, yeah. Stan and Roger. Stan and Roger. Always comedy gold. Oh, because remember we talked about in the cast, the predictions cast, you're like, I think Roger's going to die. And I'm like, what will the writers do for humor? (laughs) Stan. They've already brought in the next generation. Yeah, Stan the man. Holy shit, Jim. Now I'm I'm worried about your prediction. Yeah, he doesn't have long to live, I'm telling you. (laughs) Uh, So Lane gets called from Dolores. Yep. And a uh, very awkward conversation here. I feel like Lane is hitting on her, but at the same time, he realizes, oh, nothing could really happen here. No, I don't get that. Well, yeah, you're right. I think he Things fucked have up. happened before. Yeah, he did mess it up. And she was kind of playing with him a little bit, too. Oh, yeah. As far she as, like, game. She... I think well, he talked himself out of a fling, I felt like. Really? Yeah, he gave I felt he... like she was leading him on for fun. Man, not, maybe. Not because she was going to let anything happen. But he there. sure didn't. He sure didn't. Uh, in, if you're if flirting is a game of tennis, he mm. he missed a couple of 
He yeah. didn't volley very well. Yeah, that, that's true. And when he's ending a conversation with a toodaloo. Yeah, uh, yeah, he can. And she says, that's cute. That's uh-huh. cute is always a sign that you're not getting any. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, started strong, though. He just couldn't, he couldn't, couldn't keep riding that horse. Yep. Uh, I don't know. This, this scene really... I really started thinking about Lane here and how he's dissatisfied with his life in a lot of ways. I mean, he doesn't... I don't know if his wife is over in America, like we said, but he doesn't seem to have much of an emotional connection with her. Well, he was She's going, just kind of there. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he was going to divorce his wife and start anew in America with this black playboy waitress, except for his father came over from England and beat him oh, with a cane. Oh, that's right. So, yes, he is dissatisfied wow, yeah. with his life. But he's also poor uh, as balls, as we know. Uh, Again, so for not different things. Un, for not entirely clear reasons. Yeah, I just feel like he didn't have the savings that the other guys had. Well, plus I felt like the other company kind of treated him out like his bitch. Yeah, he was just the accountant. Like, yeah, you're, he you're, wasn't a big... And then you're going to India now. Yeah. Oh, I guess you know, so... I don't know. Uh, next scene is Roger meeting with Harry to bribe him into trading offices with Pete. Another classic scene. Harry goes in there <laughs> thinking he's fired. Another misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just love it. Roger's reaction is, I don't care what you did. That's not the point of this meeting. Shut up. And then after he tells him the point, he's like, what'd you do? Uh-huh. <laughs> he's just kind of, he's like, he's curious, but not really. You're always up to something. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. true. Cause I feel like Harry is always trying to reach beyond his grasp, hmm. whether it's with promotions, women. Yeah. But he, yeah. I always feel like he's out of his league with women. Yeah. Yeah, he tries very hard, but but even it's kind of funny so how he ended up as the head of the broadcast TV development department. That was kind of like some bullshit negotiation thing that mm. went awry like this. Yeah, I think so. I don't remember that very well. Uh, it's been a long time, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So, what uh, do you think about Roger? Roger is attacking Pete. Yeah. By addressing the concern he brought up rather than the emotion behind it. Oh, you want a bigger office? Well, here's a bigger office. I took it from your friend, your former colleague. Yeah. I mean, I also feel like this is a way to take pressure off of Roger because I think Roger knows that he's not bringing in any new clients, right? He's, he's got to know that. Well, and he yeah. doesn't want other I mean, people to see that, so he wants Pete to stop he's pointing bri- out. Look, he's bribe. Let's 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 lay this out. Yeah, he's bribing office workers that work for him uh-huh. to make himself look more important or retain the trappings of importance. Yes, he, twice uh-huh. in this episode, and this is a tactic to get Pete off of his back. Yeah, but of course, it's not going to work. It's not going to because he's not addressing what Pete is really yes. complaining about. Which, You're absolutely right. We, I don't – it's not entirely clear what Pete wants. Does Pete want Roger humiliated? Does he want him out of the company? Uh, mm-hmm. Does he think that would make Sterling Cooper Draper Price better? I, I don't get that part. Yeah, I don't think we're meant to get that just yet. Hmm. I think we're meant to – I think this episode was meant to set up a rivalry between them, which mm-hmm. is going to play out over the next – and is, in my opinion, going to be very entertaining. Oh, yeah. I want to see Pete and Roger go to battle, not physically, yes. because that went in Pete's – or Roger's death. I got to say that – while Pete does seem to give as good as he takes, as he gets from Roger, mm-hmm. and we see that later in the episode, Roger is a hell of a lot more likable and entertaining while he's doing it. Certainly, yeah. He's not whining and complaining. He's just 
he's taking shots at you. Mm-hmm. He's treating Pete like the level of competition he is publicly, mm-hmm. but privately you can tell he's taking it more serious. Definitely. No yeah. way is he getting his ass up at five o'clock to get that Staten Island Coca-Cola meeting if he wasn't really threatened by Pete. Yeah, certainly. Uh, then Joan comes to visit the office. Uh, this is a really another really cool scene where there's a good flow. People are kind of coming if out of the office. If it wasn't for the Zuby Zuby Zoo, this is the best scene in the episode. Oh, you think so? It's like why a, do you say that? It's a pinball table, man. Yes, yeah. because this works entirely because of what we all know about the characters. What do you mean? Joan comes in, and we know she's worried about her job. Roger comes in mm-hmm. and immediately says, "There's my baby." Yeah. <laughs> Now get that kid out of the way so I can see her. But that works on two levels because we know what's going on with them. Then then Peggy and Pete end up, take this baby. No, it's your baby. No, it's, it's like like this bickering married couple that they could have been. Yes, that was a very good scene. That, That's actually the next scene where they're they in are the, joined, the room together. No, I'm saying this whole thing. And then yeah, you yeah. see while Don is like fawning over Peggy uh megan seat comes in there and like does like a double take and a stop and tries to avoid but then she realized she's been seen so now she's got to go confront this yeah what a and great she's moment super threatened by peggy yeah well and then she spins around and harry's right there the guy who's just, just yeah yeah that's and, what i'm saying it felt like a pinball scene you're just seeing these people yeah. bing, 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 bounce back and forth and it yeah. again it just works because of what we know about the characters and what we've observed Absolutely. Yeah. A br- how do you write some? Cinema, how the hell do you write something like that? I almost feel like that has to be written on set. You can write the dialogue and you can like oh. picture, oh, these people are going to come in and out of the scene, but but you've got to you got to get to the space. I don't so know. I'm not seen. I need to do some research about how uh, Weiner works, but it seems like that. Uh, yeah, maybe that you have such trust in your actors and all that that uh, you kind of give them a situation like here's what's happened. Like you're at a party and this is going to happen. Everybody act how your characters would act. Hmm. The next day, this person comes into the office. Here's here's where you guys are at. Now, how do you react? Well, I mean, you could you could write dialogue for this, right? Like like let's say they they plan the scene for everyone to be in the room and talking uh, to Joan. But do they re- write that reaction? Like Joan comes out and sees Harry or sees Don oh, recoils that. and turns around and then smacks into Harry. That's got to be written, right? And how do you do Maybe. that? I, I have no idea. It's so unlike any other show yeah. I've seen on television. Definitely. Again, I keep on stroking off. <laughs> the wiener. The wiener here. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. Also, Joan is such an awesome bitch to that secretary up front. Oh, yeah. She's oh the one she's up front, got that yeah. manner of she's got the super radiant smile the whole time and uh-huh. she's just cutting people to ribbons yeah and i almost felt like the secretary didn't even notice uh yeah well sometimes know. when the blade's she's so sharp naive. you don't feel it cut <laughs> <laughs> good one until the next day where you got stitches yeah uh so pete then takes jones baby from peggy um and peggy sits down with megan who brings up what peggy said at the party um I don't know. This is where I felt like Pete doesn't really like children much because, granted, it's not his. But do I suddenly feel look? Do I like, look like I'm that? wearing a skirt? Why are you? Why do I have to do this? Yeah, and just like I don't know. I got a, a hint of disdain there oh, yeah. for that kid. Um, do you think it was Peggy's comments here that made Megan, or uh, I'm sorry, not here, but at the party that made Megan realize that maybe she's not uh, cut out for this advertising thing? I don't know that that's the realization she's she's hurt by don and Mm. 
that's a thing coming in and nine months later, we don't know. Is this a deep-seated feeling she's had or is this a petulant reaction to Don rejecting her wedding gift? I mean, we don't know mm-hmm. enough yet. Yeah. But clearly what she says about you people are so cynical, you don't smile, you smirk, that's dead on. Oh, absolutely. And that's kind of interesting that Peggy had a similar problem about how mm-hmm. you people are all awful. You're horrible people. Yeah. And now she's become one of those people. Yeah, that's that's very interesting because remember back to when she started? Yeah. She was nothing like she is now. No. She was very timid, uh, very, I guess, unflattering to the eye. Which she's kind of become a lot cuter. She's I dressing she's a lot nicer. I also think she's got still got an awful lot of socially awkward penguin, but it's more of a successful one at this point. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Bring it. What the hell happened between Lane and Joan in that scene? Uh, what the hell did happen between Lane and Joan? Well, is that, I feel like Lane is... is it, are you talking about the meeting that they have about the accounting? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, let's go into that. Like Lane wants Joan bad, right? I don't know. I was looking at his eyes, man, and he did not look at her bosom one time. I was thinking, man, how does that guy in that scene not look down once? Bifocals? <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> he's totally blind. I don't know. He, he had him put in uh, opaque contacts for that scene. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that. I, I So you didn't get anything like that? Because I thought he I, was. No, honestly, the way I feel the relationship is. He obviously is respects exactly her how it's played. Yes, she she was very good at what she did, and now he's got two dummies who uh, I forget exactly what he says. Uh, I don't know, but he he puts down his two secretaries now and says between the two of them they couldn't blah blah blah. If you don't come back, I'm going to be exposed as the idiot I am. I mean, exactly. obviously that's he, a little bit much, but I feel like that's pretty much their entire relationship. I think he respects her so much that he's not. He's not – she's not the Dolores to him. I got a lot of sexual tension from him. Like, Really? Yeah, I did. I did not pick up on that. I would like to see what the, the listeners think. Definitely, yeah. Let us know. Uh, I thought his impression of Megan was pretty funny. His, his little thing, and he does a dance. He says, I can't do it justice. No, no, Lane, you can't. And he talked about the Don. I saw a soul leave his body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Accurate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but interesting scene overall. I mean, obviously they're having troubles with uh, the payments there. So we know that Sterling Cooper Draper Price is not is not soluble. I guess right now they're they're well, having some trouble. And we also see their bills. that the books. You know, we also see that Joan how deeply she was affected by this because and and how deeply you know the maybe a little bit of postpartum depression or baby blues mm-hmm. because you remember how many times she's given speeches of. Uh, if you need to cry, you need to go home. Mm. You're not pay or go to the bathroom. Like, don't ever let people see you cry. And she broke down in front of Lane. Yeah. So, you know, even though she carried herself with all this armor, you know, as she's slaying the secretary and eviscerating people in the office, and her mother. Uh, when she gets in with Lane and she finds out that all that was just a joke and they're not trying to hire and in fact, we just can't wait you to come back. It's such a relief that she just broke down bawling spontaneously. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was interesting, especially Honestly, given her history. That's another – I guess it's another small point as to why I don't feel like there was a sexual tension there or any kind of romantic feelings. I feel like her and Lane have a real connection now. Hmm. They both respect each other. All right. Fair enough. Um, what's next? Oh, uh, Pete finds out that Roger gave him Harry's office. Uh, well, 
kind of. Harry gave Pete Harry's office, uh-huh. and Roger just made that happen. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Pete's pretty mad about that. Pete takes the office. We find out later. Sure, but he's pretty angry about how it went down. And I noticed that Harry doesn't mention the eleven hundred dollars. He is why Pete says, him. "Why would you do this?" And uh, he gives some bogus reason. And that's where I think Pete came with the the coxswain. You know, did you used to row or something? I think that's where he's like talking about being a team player. Oh, possibly. So, uh, so then Peggy analyzes, or I'm sorry, Peggy apologizes to Don about her comments at the party and tells him that Megan went home sick. Which is that's why I kind of want to call bullshit on your shaving scene because I don't think Don really realized there was a huge problem until just now. And, and maybe not a huge problem, but I re- I think he realized that he was a dick. Uh, like he he was not. I still don't think he thinks he's a dick. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Which is what the whole con like reconquering her at home was about all about. So do you think? So what do you think he was thinking, looking in the mirror? I don't know. I don't. I feel like that that is going to be. If I watch it again, four or five episodes from now, it'll be clear. Mm-hmm. Uh. Maybe he's thinking, like, how far I've got to go, or, like, I really don't know this girl, or she doesn't really know me, or, like, how am I supposed to go into work and face all these people after something like that just happened? I mean, there's a lot of things he could be thinking, but... Yeah. Maybe uh, he's just I'm thinking a, about, yeah, I'm party. a dick, and I did all that wrong by her, I don't think was among the things he was thinking. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, so then he leaves to go home immediately after her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lane returns the wallet to, I guess his name is Mr. Polito. Mm-hmm. Uh, minus one picture. He, yeah. he snaps that picture out of there. Weird thing to do. Why do you think he did that? Was there a phone number on the back of that? No. Okay. I think that... Weird. Lane's got the, uh, maybe a little bit of a creepy fantasy life going here. Or maybe it's a trophy yeah. that he's kept from this man. That, you know, I'm going to give you your money, but I'm going to keep somehow this connection. And I don't think... We've heard the last of Dolores or this guy. That's not spoilers. Yeah. I just feel like that's 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 a feeling I've got. Yeah, I feel like you could be right. Way too much Keeping screen the time. Picture, yeah. Way too much screen time devoted to this if it's just going to go away. Yeah. And or, the picture is still the hole in the plot, right? But, yeah. I mean, that's not going away without another mention. Sure. Um, so Don arrives home to... Uh, do, wait, do you think there's some speculation I saw on the internet this guy's a wise guy? Oh, like a Mobster. mob? Uh-huh. Oh, man. Like the tucking, tucking the uh, cash in his pocket and saying, this is the way we do I things. I just think he's a New Yorker. <laughs> All right. I can see my dad doing that. <laughs> I'm a boy from Indiana there, Jim. I don't know how things are done in a big city. <laughs> I hope. But he calls Lane a gentleman, which is, is lending credence <laughs> uh, to your uh, propriety thing. Yeah, but Lane. I don't think Lane is really a gentleman. Oh, certainly not. If he knew what he wanted to do to his girl, uh-huh. his not-quite-wife, he wouldn't mm-hmm. be saying you're a gentleman. Yep. Uh, so Don arrives home to do what Lane wants to do to Dolores, to Megan, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, to sex her up. Uh, weird, kind of awkward scene where she takes off her dress and or her robe or whatever she was wearing down to her underwear and kind of dances around and says, you don't get this. You, you just don't have to, get to watch. Look. You're an old man. Yeah, you sit over there in the corner. And I, I feel like she knows, maybe she doesn't know Don really well, mm-hmm. but she knows him enough to know that this is what's going to get him to reconnect with her. Yeah. I mean, the man that pays a prostitute to slap him during sex uh-huh. is probably going to respond pretty well to this. <laughs> yeah. There's some, there's some very secretary... 
like Maggie Gyllenhaal level kink stuff going on in this relationship, I think. And he obviously knows that that's what she wants at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he basically forces himself on her, but he knows it that that's what she wanted. It was consent is what they'd call it. Yeah, it was one of those gray areas where the no, guy's just gray. supposed to know. I think it was gray. I think it was, you know, she could have said no at any time, and she didn't. It was... It was all no. Like, what I'm saying is, she. What I'm saying is, the guy is just supposed to know in that yes, situation okay. that that's what sure. she wants. Right, right. That's what I meant by the gray area. Uh, does it does it seem to you like maybe that's where they're most compatible? They're most compatible when it comes to their love life. Certainly, one of the ways they're most compatible. I mean, Don is a very handsome man, and she's a very sexy woman. So. Mm-hmm. They should, should should touch those parts together as often as they, they, they can uh, do, do so. I, I guess my real question is, do you think that's all there is to this relationship, or is there more? Well, hmm. part of me wants to say that one of the things that really attracted Don in the beginning was how easy and un- uncomplicated Megan is. Mm-hmm. But I'm seeing a lot of complexities to Megan at this point. Yeah. so I, I think a lot of those complexities come out of their different backgrounds. Well, she's Canadian, oh. so <laughs> that's not really what I meant. More Her they're flopping around <laughs> to and fro. More they're different attitudes toward yeah. life. Yeah, I mean, he does seem to be like look private, personal, be you know, kind of stodgy this way, and she tends to be a little bit bigger and more open hearted in the way she lives. Yeah, uh, and I think I don't think they're incompatible in that way i no. just think they're different i think there's things that she sees in him that she wants and things mm-hmm. that he sees in her that he wants and you know there there you go all right uh let's move on to the next scene pete plans a trick on roger by setting up a fake meeting with coca-cola brilliant brilliant pete i love that move mm-hmm. set up an early morning 6 a.m meeting pencil way it out. in pencil it in my <laughs> calendar there yeah sends roger out there uh, even his wife questions where he's going so early. Um, shut up. <laughs> uh, the next scene is Don explaining to Megan why he didn't want to have a party. This is after the, uh, coitus. Uh, what'd you think about this scene? Does it, is this Don being more real than he normally is? Is this him being open and honest with Megan? I think yes. Okay. I think he's conscientiously trying to be more... He's he's not an idiot, and he has tried to learn the lessons he's gotten so far in his life. But fundamentally, this is the same dude that stole some guy's identity because he wasn't happy with his life. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of tension, you know, that makes Don such a fascinating dude. That there's so many things we like and we're attracted to, but there's also a lot of horrific things. So yeah, is he being completely 100% honest here? Um it felt like it. It did. I mean, it really did. But yeah. on the other hand, it's only also- because the 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 mm-hmm. list of the invitees was so broad. Like, I don't know if he had said that if it was just Peggy and Roger and you know what I mean. Oh, about not wanting them in the house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I feel like he's re. I mean, my God, uh, he's really let his armor down with Peggy before. Yeah. Yeah, he has. I mean, there was that. Maybe he regrets that. And and now he wants to kind of keep her at arm's length because of that. Or maybe he can't be as mean to her anymore because he's done that. I don't know. Hell. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of uh, intermingling relationship issues here. Uh, I don't know. I feel like he he has a connection to Megan that maybe he doesn't even fully understand yet. Hmm. Um, Elaborate. 
theorize, Mister Data. I mean, he know he he knows he wants her, but he feels like he doesn't know how to deal with that in his work in his real life. You know, like they've kind of built up this this fantasy fairy tale life when they went to Disney World of how this is always how it's oh, going to sure, be. Sure, sure, sure. Then they got married immediately afterward. Uh huh. And maybe he hasn't adjusted yet to to fitting her into his life completely you know i mean the party is a symptom of that Mm -hmm. how how is she going to change my life well i'm i'm not sure she's throwing parties she's now working with me uh i want her there but at the same time that's why the party happened you know it's it's just interesting their their relationship all right uh so then we get like a kind of a montage i guess with Roger, Pete, Lane, Joan. Called the, the relationship montage. Yeah. Uh, they all... Well, I call it the 6 a.m. montage. Ah. This is everybody getting getting into the office, or getting to the office, rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roger's the first up, because he thinks he's got a big meeting with Coke. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, then we get all, all the main players coming in. Finally, Don and Megan come up on the elevator. Good shot of the elevator there before the, the final scene. Or, I'm sorry... Right after uh, Joan on the elevator trying uh-huh. to put the kid to sleep with her mother. Sure. Um, when they get to the office, it's full of black people. The lobby is uh, because of the joke ad that they ran in the paper earlier. Mm-hmm. They're equal opportunity employer. They are. And they took them seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, the partners and Peter, or I'm sorry, Pete, debate what to do. They decide to take their applications. So could we have uh, a black person working in the SCDP office? Hmm. Very soon. I felt like they were genuine on that. They were like, well, the, the statue thing came in. I, I do have a question about that. I do think at that. the end, Pete, yes, I think they are going to go through and hire one of those one of those uh, folk. But yeah. let me ask you this. Mad Men has really not touched on matters of race, except for very lightly before. Mm-hmm. And now they're tackling it full full throttle. Um why why do you think that why do you think that is why have they never really dealt with race except for on the periphery they've talked about uh well i think i think the time of uh dealing with the women the the uh gender issues is kind of going to the side i mean they've got a lot of women highly integrated into this office uh peggy is making huge inroads into this industry we've seen kind of a, a long story play out with that now to bring in the race when this is obviously uh, a really interesting time for that in the 60s, mid-60s. That, to me, feels like the next step in the series. Yeah, and I also feel like you know a lot of people are criticizing. I've heard several criticisms about why you know why you're handling it now. This seems like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, if you are a Manhattan executive, mm-hmm. what the hell kind of experience would you have in any kind of race issue? I mean, these people are your, you know, we saw one black person get, get fired because he was suspected because he was black of, of, uh, being racist or being a thief. We saw Roger in blackface, but there's, we saw one black person get fired because there's no black people don't work in the, uh, as ad execs in, uh, on the, you know, in, in that era no they just yeah. so it's like i feel like these people were in this kind of walled garden area mm-hmm. and now this this movement is crashing through like whereas like you know yeah, women's rights and 
and uh, you know class warfare and all that kind of stuff. That's stuff that they've had to deal with, and they didn't want to deal with it, but they've had to. Yeah, because they were always the secretaries. But in the now office, these you know? now the the civil rights movement and African Americans have have taken on Madison Avenue and they're crashing the gates, and it's now it's like whoa, yeah. this is this is a real thing. This isn't just a joke. So you feel like it's something the show has to deal with now. I feel like it it's, didn't before. It's deliberate, and it would have yeah. felt artificial had they dealt with it in 1960. Yeah, no, you're probably right about that. So I think that's a good take. And I kind of was really, I thought it was very bizarre that like uh, Seppenwall and Feinberg on their podcast were two of the ones were kind of more strident about like, why are they doing this now? Is this because mm-hmm. Matthew Weiner didn't feel like he could handle it before? It's like, no, I mean the chronology. It's like, why haven't they dealt with the moon landing yet? Because it hasn't happened yet. Because it hasn't fucking happened <laughs> yeah. yet. Yeah. You know, it's like if we get to 1970 and no one's mentioned the moon landing, I'll start wondering <laughs> why are they avoiding the moon landing thing. But- and that's a very good point. That's something a show does is it weaves important events from history into the fabric of the show, but at the appropriate time as it goes along. Right. Like we saw the thing with JFK, and that was that was brilliantly done in my opinion. It was a mention on the TV. Everybody took notice, but it wasn't really a thing in the show. Right. It wasn't a big deal. Uh uh, yeah, I don't know. That, that that sounds like a good theory to me. But that's the end of the episode. It goes out there. Uh, kind of a long episode. Two hours. <laughs> so the next kind episode... Kind of a long podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, about an hour and a half. Next episode is going to be called Tea Leaves. Uh, we do have some feedback to do, but uh, I think that's it, unless you have any other comments. Nope. Uh, from Matt Schmidt from Facebook says... Uh, Oh, no, they're selling Megan's version of Zuba Zuba Zoo on iTunes. Oh, that scene made me very uncomfortable. I think you were intended to be. You, were you, you watching were sitting, it with other people? You were sitting there with with Don Draper mm-hmm. in his home seeing that. And really? that was the brilliance of the scene. Yeah. Uh, uh, Arjun uh, also commented on Facebook. He, he said uh, the scene at the end was also a little comfortable with the awkward sexual domestic power play. Um, I don't know why that necessarily is super awkward for people uh, it was a little awkward it's kinky not super awkward. but it's not like you know again it's not this isn't like uh for example joan's husband raping her in the office yeah or pete raping the russian mm-hmm. house like this was i take it as completely consensual and yeah i do too um and her provoking th- this was a game this was a a scene you know, especially when she, you know, started cleaning in the nude and, and bending over her ass and saying oh, yeah. all the things she said. This was, yeah. So uh, Matt also said, official predict- prediction, Megan will be dead by the end of the season. She doesn't <laughs> fit in well enough to be around long term and she knows too much. Plus, who needs another mm. divorce? That's a good point. She knows too much. Uh, are you worried about Megan kind of doing the midge heroin addict you know running into the manhattan mm. hip, hip hippie scene she's drug certainly culture, connected to that counterculture she seems connected to that culture i don't want to see that i don't want to see it either uh i'd rather see her jump off that balcony because don says does something horrible yeah like do <laughs> do the uh just take, go out take the other choice that jenny didn't take in forrest gump it, yeah yeah uh can she be doing it uh to free bird why not? All right. Yeah. Uh, wait, what year did that come out? <laughs> We're going to have to wait a long time. That's, it's a Forrest Gump reference. Uh, Noel uh, wrote in and said, I love how the sexual lecturousness is taken to creepy new heights or rather lows this season, primarily with Lane and Harry leading the charge. <laughs> yes, they were. Official prediction. Oh, Sal yeah. returns the head of the small creative shop. The SCDP has no choice oh. but the contract in order to land the big account. 
Haven't seen Sal in a long time. I'd like him to come back. The last time we saw him, he was dashing off in a Central Park for some uh, anonymous gay sex, apparently. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Dark places. I love Sal. Yeah, he was a good character. I would like to see him. Man, I just remember that scene where he was hit on by the, the client. Fucking Lucky and, Strikes, asshole. What, yeah. What's a, the junior? Jesus, uh, that guy. Ooh, that was, that was a good, good episode. It was. Yeah. Um. And she said, also, P.S., I can't help but notice that Burt Cooper liked your, our original post, which is true. We have a fan <laughs> called Robert Cooper. Nice. And he he, he was the first to like our uh, uh, Madman post I made on Sunday. Watching us. Uh, Raphael wrote in, said, I was actually disappointed by the episode. It was good but not life-changing as every other episode of the series has been for me. I asked him to elaborate, and he said... I felt like there was a lot of good moments, like the Zuba Zuba Zoo number, Peggy and Pete uh, meeting over the baby, the new lane isolation storyline, and don't get me wrong, I still like the show. But it seemed a lot like Mad Men Part 2 instead of a continuation for a couple of reasons. It seemed like they skipped more time in the story than they usually do between seasons. Uh, I felt like they were going in the specific directions in Season 1 through 4, where now they're abruptly going in another. Some of the shots with all the main characters seem a bit too posed at times. And I really felt like there was all the characters we love, but something different was in the writing for them to me. What do you think about that? As uh, someone that loved I, the show. I get what he's saying. It, it Did it felt, feel different? It felt a little bit different in that I don't think much actually happened this show. I feel like it was much more, if, as shocking as this is to say, much more character-based than even Mad Men normally is. Yes. Uh, not Extremely as much so. action in this one. What little um, action that happens on the show. Exactly. Uh, but but yet I found myself still riveted by the show. Yes. When it was on, like, halfway through, I'm like, God damn, I've missed this show. Yeah. And I... I didn't get the. I didn't really miss it because we've been so busy in the last year with all this podcasting <laughs> stuff that like sure. the, the anticipation that normally happens. But I really, there's nothing that's on TV like it right now, mm-hmm. and that's what's kind of brilliant about it. It's but, not zombies. It's not yeah. shootouts with meth dealers. It's not shootouts with hillbillies. It's just this weird non-action action. Yeah, it's character drama. Mm-hmm. At, at, in its purest form, as far as I can tell. Uh, but I think he's right. It does feel a little bit different. And I, it's because they haven't really dealt with any of the big issues that were hanging last time. Like, like what's uh, right. SCDP going to do now? Uh, they're not doing so well. They need big clients. They didn't it's, deal with the cancer thing. It's a ballsy move to come out of the gate in the season with just a giant setup episode. Yeah. Certainly. That's the thing that fans hate the most, and we always they always bitch about even whether it's Breaking Bad, Walking Dead, mm-hmm. Justified. It's like, oh, this is just a setup episode. Pretty ballsy to come back with a two hour setup episode <laughs> after seventeen months off the air. Yeah, yeah. But I I loved it, so Yeah. It's um, the characters. They're carrying it. I also think I do think there might have been when he said pose, that kind of struck a chord with me because uh, you know, speaking of bean ballet, I did feel like there was a little bit <laughs> Um, theatrics, like when Megan like pinballed off of uh, Don and Joan into Harry, and there did seem to be quite a bit of staging. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what's rubbing him wrong. <laughs> Any other thoughts? No. Uh, moving on to Tom in uh, West Virginia. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, Buddy Tom G, our poet laureate. Ah, yes. So glad you've ju- decided to jump on Mad Men. We have jumped on Mad Men from the jump, so... We are just continuing our adoration on the air. This is we. Yeah. You remember how much we talked about this last year? 
We did actually like uh, for hours after our, each episode and on Blue Yonder and our Blue Yonder podcast. Yeah, uh, I've been a fan for this for some time. It reminds me of character type pieces like American Beauty and sophisticated nothing as it seems Hitchcock type mm. dramas. Yeah. Some predictions for season five: the '60s counterculture becoming more prominent part of the season. That's a safe bet. Definitely. Joan's husband winds up not dead but MIA. Oh, an interesting twist. That's an interesting uh, middle road. Someone, but not Roger, does the math on Joan's bundle of joy. Birthday minus nine months equals, oh, my God, he was already gone by then. Hmm. Uh, Pete signed something big, real big. Like Coca-Cola. IBM. <laughs> I don't IBM? know, something like, what's the big, like, 60s stock? I don't know. Oh. Dow? What? I don't know. Northrop Grumman? Like I, I said, know. I wasn't alive then. <laughs> Me either. Uh, Don remains faithful to at least Easter. Wait, Whoa, wait. that's a long time. No, it's not. For we're Don? More, we're, at, we're already past Easter. <laughs> he's got to go back around. Oh, he's talking year. about Easter this, like, in real time, I think. Oh, for another two weeks? Um, another week and a half? Yeah. He might be faithful to this woman because she's... I don't know. I, I kind of have a weird feeling that maybe the reason he strayed from Peggy is that he was not getting something from her. Whereas Megan, mm-hmm. like, you know, she's this all-American... Not all American, but almost this like European ice queen model. Yeah. Where Megan's got this dirty side to her. Hmm. She's a dirty girl. That white carpet. <laughs> yeah. Is so yeah. dirty. Filthy dirty. It is. Uh, Gonna have to replace it. Don's secret is revealed to Henry Francis. Who is Henry Francis? Betty's husband. Oh, that's right. Who's involved in politics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, wow. That would be interesting. Gee, I wonder who could reveal that to him. What a bitch. Uh, right? What a bitch. Uh, Aaron, e, uh, not Aaron, but Erin, Erin okay. <laughs> writes in, hey guys, I don't know if you've recorded your recap for episode five already in we progress. Uh, this thing that stuck out to me the most in a little kiss was Pete on the train into the city. I believe the shot opens behind Pete and therefore, and before it was revealed to be Pete, I assumed it was Don. I imagine this was on purpose. The scene echoed so many scenes of Don taking the train into the city, particularly in the first season. It didn't occur to me right away that Don might not live in the suburbs anymore. Further, did you notice Pete's new digs with Trudy? They look a lot like the old Draper house, the homey suburban kitchen with the wood paneling. I think this is establishing season five Campbell as a sort of incarnation of what Don Draper was when we first met him, although, uh, albeit much more whiny. He even has a deep, dark secret that this episode reminds us of, the Peggy Pete love child. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also another reason why I thought it was extra creepy when he took that baby from Peggy. I was like, what's that? Almost as if, uh, that's not my kid, is it? She also said she discusses the co-worker who agreed with her and also thinks Draper's becoming Sterling. Young, a honey, yeah. gorgeous penthouse, slacking at work. What do you guys think? Interesting. Pete's becoming Don. Don's becoming Roger. Mm-hmm. The circle is complete. Keeps circle going of on life, on. man. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot. I just need Mufasa in the sky. Um, what else did I have about uh pete and this old house man i had this thought while i was reading her email damn it (laughs) um did you notice when he was at don's apartment and there and trudy was like complaining about all the traffic noise yeah pete had this kind of like wistful like i miss Mm -hmm. our manhattan apartment yep i hate my suburb house and the hour-long commute with these assholes on the train oh i definitely noticed that yeah yeah all right, um, that's all of our feedback. I don't really... Do you want to do a spoiler section this week? This is a long cast because we had two hours, and all we were going to do is watch the scenes from next week and kvetch about it. Uh, 
Nah, let's skip it this week. I think that's a good... When we get back to one-hour episodes, then yes. we'll, yes. we'll do it. Yes, we'll jettison spoilers because we don't have any legit ones. And all right. interest of time and all. Well, then take us through the outro and let's call it a cast. If you'd like to keep up with everything that Jim and I and Mad Brew are doing, uh, you can do so at baldmove.com where you will find our coverage of Breaking Bad and complete coverage of Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, Justified, and now Mad Men. Have I missed one? No, that's all of them. Uh... All kinds of cool stuff happening. If you'd like to email us, you can do so at madmen at baldmove.com. You can follow me at facebook.com slash baldmove. And Jim holds down Twitter at baldmove. Three main ways to support us. Number one, tell a friend. Erin mm-hmm. uh, there, that uh, co-worker, she better know who Bald Move is tomorrow <laughs> at the latest. Uh, that helps us out, obviously. Uh, another thing you can do is yeah. uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Good, bad, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, that stuff uh, helps us rise to the top of the rankings and uh, helps us uh, people find us on searches better and gives us a good, nice, warm, glowy feeling. I want to say thanks to the 14 people who reviewed us before we Already? even did a real show. Those the guys are troopers. So, they are, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Uh, the third thing you can do to help us uh, support directly is, as you can imagine, the... You know, 30 megs of podcast times a couple thousand times downloads a week uh, that can add up a little bit on the Internet bandwidth. And you can help uh, defray that cost by using our Amazon affiliate link. Again, we're not asking you to buy stupid crap off Amazon. But if you go to Amazon.BaldMove.com and you're shopping there anyway, uh, it doesn't tack anything on. There's no, like, donation surcharge or crap like that. Just the few percentage points that Amazon is going to keep to themselves anyway. Jeff Mm -hmm. Bezos doesn't need that. You know who needs that? Jim and Aaron need that. <laughs> and let's say you're this, like me. You don't remember shit about seasons one through four. You want to buy them so you can catch up. Uh, just go to Amazon.baldmove.com. Get the DVDs there. Yeah. I mean, hell, this Canadian club ain't going to buy itself, people. So buy your Canadian club on Amazon. <laughs> I don't think you can. <laughs> Probably illegal. Yeah, yeah. Certainly in Indiana. Something about state lines and shipping. I don't know. Yeah. That's all I've got. That's me too. the outro. It's complete. Great. I can't. I'm so glad Mad Men is back in the air, and I'm glad we're talking about it. Yeah, man. This and Breaking Bad are really the only things keeping me alive at this point. <laughs> Without those shows, I just jump off a balcony and man. But Justified, uh, Justified's good too. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's it for the episode. We'll see you next time. Until then, I'm Jim and I'm Aaron. Good night, people. <laughs>